And it's back. The OG, the first pack we ever covered in MoCast comes back in 9-2 <laughs> with a banger. Frost Decay, baby. Yeah, yeah, God, baby. that was about time. It's a powerhouse right now and it's about time because, yeah, it, it's basically the spec that started the, the MoCast stuff and we're back on it with very good news and very prominent folks who are here to like discuss and debate and see what's up. Why is it good? Why is it bad? Is it still bad in some departments? It could be. Who knows? But right now we're talking with Taze, with Biceps, and the one and only Muffin Cookie, uh, who uh, before the podcast we talked about uh, how, how many keys and big keys he, he does. And um, uh, before anything, you should definitely go check out his stream and his YouTube channel. Everything's going to be in the description. Also, Biceps has a YouTube channel and a stream as well. Check those in the description. And Taze is on Acorus. Taze, you have to do a YouTube channel and, and Twitch as well, man. You get, get the time. my Twitch in the chat if you wanted to, you know, plug that. There, there you go. Okay, we're going to have Taze's Twitch as well. So all legends here talking about the Frost Decay. It's going to be a nice one. Finally, I feel like for the longest time, we talked about specs that had problems or were misrepresented or, you know, they were like the, the, at the top of their potential, I would say. Mm. Frost Decay has become, you know, very prominent in both the rating scene and Mythic Plus. And I just want to start it off for people who don't know, like, what happened? What changed? I know there was some 9.2 changes probably for, for the, the Covenants, uh, I believe. Uh, the tier set is really good, but I won't get into any details. So whoever wants to start, let's talk about it a little bit about the, the Frost Decay changes in 9.2 and what brought the, the spec where it's at. Whoever. Just one thing. It's the full set. It cannot be only <laughs> that. Be good. Uh, for for people who don't know the force set, if I'm not mistaken, whenever you uh, consume a killing machine, right, you proc glacial advance. Is that is that how it works? Correct. So there's there's two components there. You both get the glacial advance damage, which is kind of fine for single target, but really good in AOE. And then that glacial advance applies Razor Eyes, our Runeforge debuff, which stacks up to five times and gives 15% frost damage increase to the targets. So essentially, in AOE. Or in any scenario, you don't need to run Race Through Ice Runeforge anymore, so you can pick up something else. And that is a big upgrade. Like, the Runeforges themselves are, like, you know, upwards 10% damage increase. So essentially, you get that for free, plus the Glacier Advances. It just... a lot. So what do you run now? Uh, and also, you don't you, do you still run Razor Ice in single target? Because you said the AoE. No, you don't You don't ever pick up Razor Eyes. You pick up Fallen Crusader, you pick up Rune of Hysteria as well for dual wheel builds. And for dual wheel obliteration, you actually pick up a, a regular enchant if you want to. Oh, you don't pick up Razor Eyes anymore because you get that for free. And that's a huge part why the force set is so powerful. It's a bit sad though that uh, like forges are so weak for obliteration that you actually go for a regular enchant. Yeah, I know. It's a bit silly. You can do double Falling Crusader and it's kind of fine. Just to give a kind of sense of the power level here, so when I do my keys, I usually have like 12% of my overall damage output coming from only the Glacial Advances from the full set. Oh. And you need to add on top of that the fact that I get Razor Ice damage. Wow. Which is like you know, 12% from the, from the Glacial Advances and then another 10% or so from the Razor Ice. So it's like a 20% damage increase just from the full set. It's on its own well, in uh, Mythic Plus. You're not even including what you're getting from like Celestial Guidance or Hysteria if you're running those, which is even oh, more. Yeah. It's legitimately like a 40% damage increase in Mythic Plus. It's Jeez. insane. All right. So I'm guessing we're, we're happy about this. But it does raise the question, um, <clears throat> without this, right? 
we'll, we'll, we're looking a little bit into to moving after, you know, the season is done. We're going to have a brand new season, a 9.2.5, granted. Okay, but moving along, we have this external power here that uh, you just mentioned, Taze, it gives like 40%. Is this like worrisome for the Frost Death Knight moving forward? Does it like really, it benefits a lot, right, from, from the, the, the tier set, but that's going to go away at some point. Is it that dependent? Because I know we talked on Unholy that Unholy is like, in terms of like its kit, obviously there's issues, but it's pretty, pretty complete. How about Frost? How is Frost would look without this? Well, I mean, you've seen it the last couple of tiers and not much has changed, right? Uh, there was the killing machine change in the uh, 9.2 BTR, which actually fixed something. We thought it worked one way for a while because we tested it in 8.3 and Shadowlands beta. And then I guess before release, they changed it to something else. Um, when we figured it out, they're like, oh, wait, no, we didn't mean that. And backed up on it. So <laughs> yeah. we, we're, we're getting like 33% more killing machines than we have been all expansion, which is nice for dual wield anyway. So Frost was buffed already a bit going into 9.2, but it's without the tier set. It's still not amazing, honestly, because I mean, that's literally just mm -hmm. a single target change. Uh, unless you run Frost Scythe, but who the hell is running Frost Scythe in 9.2? Was about to, was about to ask this, uh, um, and knows we can uh, we can have Muffin maybe answer it since uh, he's killing it in keys. Um, <clears throat> the major change that kind of affects uh, Frost right now is uh, like the reason why the tier set seems good, at least from an outside perspective, is that it fixes maybe a kind of an issue, and that is with the Rune Forges and the Glacial Advance uh, apply, applying Razor Ice in AOE, which was prior previously being done by uh I think we were doing frost scythe with it to apply razor ice and it's the the talents themselves still haven't changed and it goes to show how good glacial advance is when it comes to from what I can tell and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong <clears throat> um completing a spec I feel like glacial advance should be baseline right now on frost because without it it feels like a, a pretty bare bone spec so how do you feel about the mechanics of the tier set muffin uh changed your perspective maybe on the spec and do you have any expectations or hopes moving into 10.0 maybe having something baseline or something changed for frost making glacial advanced baseline i don't know but i think gathering storm should be, be baseline for sure like it's it's still it's so like it's so strong. It's on an AOE row, but it's like it's always there. Like it's so strong in single target, and like it's it's just always there. It's like you never pick anything else. You have two other talents, glacial advance included, but you just don't pick it because gather storm is a thing. So it's mm. like you just lose out on so much single target if you pick up gathering storm. Uh, I mean uh, glacial advance. I think there's an so, issue with making Glacier Advance to some degree due to Breath of Syndragosa because it yeah. directly competes with it. So if you're running Breath, you obviously don't want to spend your Runic Power on anything else. And if Glacier Advance is baseline, you kind of want to spend Runic Power on Glacier Advance to apply Race Rise. So you get these competing priorities. And I'm not 100% sure if that's a nice thing. Obviously, you would have Glacier Advance working very well for obliteration, but when running Breath, it would probably feel pretty bad. For sure. For sure. Of course, it kind of gets around that because it just sends them off without cost. There might be a solution to that, honestly. If 
Today, Glacial Advance is talented and you take breath, they could bake the Razor Ice application out of breaths. Mm. That's a solution. They could also make... Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it is a very <laughs> simple solution to just make a baseline. Obviously, it would be nice to have a baseline ruining power spender. Because yeah. we're putting, you know, ruining power for frosting AOE is just there to generate runes. It's it's yeah. a really dead resource. Yeah. And you ignore it most of the time. You don't need to actually pay attention yep. to overcapping it or whatever. So I, I some completely kind of, uh, ignore it unless I'm yeah. out of roots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, Runic Power is useless in AoE for Frost 99% of the time, unless Breath is rolling. And then only use for it is just literally just a few Breath, and most of the time you can't even spend it all before the pack's dead. So. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. There is definitely a conundrum here with the Runic Power. Making Glacial Advance Baseline would solve that to some degree, but you always, always would have the competing, you know, really power spend of Breaths and Ghosts versus then the Baseline Glacial Advance. Maybe that yeah, would be I mean, fine. Yeah, there's a couple ways they could tackle it. I, I don't know if they would ever Baseline Breath. So, I mean, Gathering Storm or Glacial Advance seem like the two go-tos, but who knows? Would benefit from an AoE RP spender at baseline, though, even if yes. breath exists. We're pretty nice for obliteration builds. Absolutely. But there, there was also buffs to the um, uh, the Covenant legendaries, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I remember when bringing really, was it Abomination, not Abomination, Abomination Frenzy, oh, yeah, was right. it? That was uh, the, these were also Frenzy was buffed 100. percent Yep. Yeah. And we also uh, had the Nightfade legendary being buffed. The uh, rampant transference, yeah, but 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 frost, and yeah. Kyrian's was buffed too, uh, from three percent damage increase to four, and applies uh, on that use instead of when it spreads. So, but still, uh, and all those work well in AOE, so that's like a yeah. indirect yeah. buff to frosty case AOE because we now have uh, viable secondary legendaries as well. Absolutely. But people are still playing for the majority Necro, right? I mean, th that's that's the go-to still. Uh, I would, I would say it's. I would say yeah. it's actually very. It's, I would actually say it's very boss dependent right now. Really? Yeah, yeah. like it's like fifty-fifty Fey and Necrolord right now. They're pretty dang close. Some people <laughs> are even playing Tyrion. Like Muffin here is going insane with it in Mythic Plus. Oh really? I played a couple. Of, I, played a, I played a couple Tyrion keys here. Yeah. It's pretty juicy. You get infinite runes whenever you press yeah, yeah. the battle. <laughs> yeah. you gathering storm, right? Yes, yeah, it's infinite runes. <laughs> it's well, it's kind of bonkers sometimes. I want I wanted to ask you guys because I've been looking at the at the logs and they're not what I thought they would be uh, when I heard about the tier set initially. Because when I heard about the tier set, uh, being a, a fan of variety, I I also love Breath of Cinder Ghost more than Obliteration. However. I do like variety as well. I thought for sure that the four set would address obliteration in a big way. However, I still see, if not everybody, at least the majority of people still playing breath, at least in AoE. Is breath still king? Is there no chance for obliteration to hand or dual wield to ever show up in any content whatsoever? Is it, is it like completely dead until maybe future changes? Okay, Get, mid bicep uh, weapon. Yes, weapon. I was going to say. <laughs> oh really? Me and Bicep probably have a different opinion on this than Muffin because we know Obliteration's potential. We know what it can do. It doesn't need Gavel, but Gavel makes it so much better. Oh, 
the Jalen yeah. Maze is incredibly powerful. I think this is a matter of uh, resistance towards change. Representing Gosa is a very good talent. It is viable. It is best on some bosses. If you're good at it, you played it all the time. Why would you change when it kind of works for you? This is true. I think for most high-end players, they will just default to a bit of Representing Gosa because it works very well. So there's no yep. really no real reason to swap, right? And then that trickles down so that most people look at the top logs, they see breath, so they play breath. Whereas yep. I believe obliteration is 100% viable on the majority of bosses. Yeah, it, I would say it's even better on several of them. Like, yeah, people are going to give me a lot of flack for this, but I strongly believe that uh, Nightfay of two-hand obliteration on Lords of Dread is the go-to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Even if you consider Swarm not increasing 100%. Obliteration's cleave, it, it does is so strong. Oh, they did? Yeah, they, nice. changed it, they, they changed it to just be 100% damage increase from all abilities. Oh, yeah. I think two-hand yeah. Obliteration is the play on that boss now because, you know, damage Absolutely. windows are short. You get the uh, huge... You're going you're gonna to get double 50k Obliterates, right? It's yeah. going to be insane. Yeah. Um, it's honestly like that's... Obliteration is so incredibly strong, especially when you put the Jailer Mace on it. Just uh, a lot of people are reluctant to change. And also, I'm going to say something a bit controversial. It's actually very, very punishing to play. Like, very hard to actually pull off properly. Because if you're going to play the single target uh, Obliteration build right now, you're probably going to want to be Night Fae, and you're probably going to want Pheromones as your legendary, which... When you consider, say, a Lusted Opener, you get a PI, maybe. Um, you, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, you're in Power Rune Weapon, Bloodlust. You're going to be rocking, like, 90 to 100% haste in like your 12-second window. Easy. Yeah. Pheromones yeah, is... Exactly. In case. So you're basically trying to play this 12-second window perfectly with a 0.75-second GCD. Like, I was talking to about talking about it with uh, Nagi a little bit. And he was literally saying, like, he's too old. He just does not have the reflexes to play it properly. Obliteration oh, yeah. is so hard right now. And if you could pull it off, it can do incredible things. But you have to actually be able to pull it off. Oh, yeah. I played a little, yeah. bit, little bit now. Like, I played a lot, actually. And I feel like it's uh, when you get used to it, it's kind of fine. Because, you know, <laughs> obviously, you want to be able to react to your natural killing machine procs and your rhyme procs. But most of the time, you just plan ahead what you're going to press and ignore the procs. And then it works. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're, you're going to do right. a little bit less damage that way, but you, at least you're not um, fucking up the rotation because that 12 second window is so important, especially when you oh. have a power rune weapon. Yeah. On Wednesday, I'm going to play 200 obliteration. Like I kind of wanted to this Wednesday, but due to the 5% unholy buffs, I really want to play unholy. So I couldn't really justify going uh, cross. <laughs> but next Wednesday, I'm going to play some two-handed obliteration. I've been doing it loose in keys, so I think I'm, I'm definitely ready to try it out in raid. Heck so, yeah, you get the gavel? No. Ah, yeah. <laughs> By now, I believe it's a lie. The disdain. The gavel. <laughs> Give it to me. I so is, so bad. is obliteration like confirmed two-hander or is it dual wheel still? Both are viable, but two-hander with the gavel, it's so goddamn hard. Like... It, it's so good. It's so good. But without the gavel, Tails, is one hand or two hand better? Uh, they're about even with the four set. Then uh, two hand trades uh, the runes, rune generation, and a little bit of speed for, well, it's actually less killing machines, but 
uh, the increased obliteration damage kind of balances it out. It's a little bit strange, but they're pretty much even before the gavel, and the gavel just pushes it so far ahead. All right. I also want gavel upon holy. It's so yeah. good. <laughs> it, that weapon, it's godly. I, everybody wants it. Every DK. Mm. Yeah, I want it so I can play more blood. I want to push 20k overalls. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, yeah, yeah. Blood's doing more, in a whole, more than a whole in Mythic Plus right now, so hey, more power to you. Yeah, blood is insane in, over, in Mythic Plus right now. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see that I think, nuked. I think both I mean, Blood I, and Frost kind of need a little bit more spotlight since recent years, at least on the top of the I meta. Agree. Uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not too sad about blood considering that I've been uh, talking to Mandel for about two years now about how little blood damage how little damage blood has and now with just like one tweak or uh, seemingly one tweak things have uh, flipped but uh, we're here to talk about Frost about, Decay about Frost Decay so definitely the future <laughs> I mean it's a DK let's just you know the, the future is uh, two-handed obliteration with gavel, then. And would you play Night Fae with that? Yeah, yeah. definitely Night Fae. Uh, I don't know about every fight, because, like, Prototype Pantheon, for example, that is so much of a breath fight that it's not even funny. Like, it's mostly not... Four-target oh, four cleave. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, the four-target cleave towards the end for, like, that final 50% burn on all four is so good for breath, especially with Hysteria in the four set. You just sustain breath that entire time and you're just doing like, you know, 25, 30k yeah. DPS yeah. the entire end of the fight. Okay. So. <laughs> oh yeah, I also it's, it's, it's 40% now, actually. It's lower. Oh. It's, just, it's a lower window now. Oh yeah, yeah they changed it. Mythic, though, isn't it? Uh, no, it's also in Heroic. Oh really? Oh. Okay. That's what I get for not playing the game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, yep. uh, I mean, there's definitely still going to be some breath fights. So, I mean, I wouldn't say two-handed obliteration is going to be the king. Not all around. But it's definitely going to be a lot better than a lot of people expect it to be. Okay. And I think we're going to see like a slow change. You know, some people are going to pick it up, going to get good logs. People are going to notice that. Can maybe going to try it out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. That's a good uh, same thing that happened to Icecap. People yep. doubted the crap out of Ice Cap 2 and 8.3, and then look how that ended up. Yeah, I'm going to see if I can get some obliteration uh, rank once, and then we can, you know, kick it <laughs> off. Yeah. Do it's it. going to be much more difficult, though. Unholy, it's very easy to get rank once because no one plays it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when no one plays it, it's also hard. It's also kind of hard to get, right? Because there's, it's still going to be... You're competing with the, like, the Unholy one-tricks, right? Yeah. True, but also the... Generally, high-end players, they, they are... They do have a tendency to swap away from um, the worst back. So I feel generally the true. competition is less. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, definitely agree there. We we talked a little bit about unholy, a little bit more about how unholy kind of plays in the raid with the fights and the gavel and everything. And uh, although we briefly touched up on it, I really want to hear uh, how Muffin feels uh, unholy. Jesus Frost. How uh, Muffin feels about Frost Decay overall in keys in terms of how it meshes with uh, the new affix, maybe how the tier set kind of affects its damage. Does it did anything change exactly on how you play from uh, 915 to 92? And how how good is Frost looking 
to compete with maybe like the top specs of the game. How are you feeling on on uh, smashing keys with Frost DK right now? And obviously, uh, Bicep Sensei can comment as well. But I'm really curious to know what Muffin uh, thinks as well. I mean, Frost is smashing, but it 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 still can't compete with like Warlocks that just got a buff for whatever reason. Um, and like Survival Hunter, they're still king on the on the damage department. But it's it's up there. So I mean, that's for sure. I don't know. It's uh, the other picks are a bit uh, like I can push. Like I think the highest I can push is like twenty six k overall, maybe twenty seven k. And then you have warlocks and survival hunters doing like thirty thirty five k. And that's like I mean frost is the third highest I have seen um, in keys. So that's a big of a, a bit of a damage difference. Yeah, it's a for pretty sure. decent damage difference. Though, I mean, you can't even really justify Frost by saying like it brings a battle res or anything like that because Warlock can do the same thing too. It's a bit of, a bit of an awkward spot, yeah. Top three, yeah, three is pretty yeah. good still. Yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. I would say, uh, say like uh, a solid, maybe like in terms of raw damage, I would put it in like third, fourth place, honestly, if you have the group for it. But if you play yeah. with a survival hunter, damage is ass. No shot. Yeah, I mean. They just like they, they blow up the pack. Like you pop your cooldowns. Yeah, you blow. You pop your cooldowns. Survival kills the pack. Your cooldowns are running, and you just it's dead. Yep, <laughs> and you're just sad with breath hitting the air. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely don't bring a survival hunter to your frosty key group. Okay. That's the it's new strategy. It's gonna, gonna be a waste. Sure. You, we'll, you, we'll need to put it in our guides. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's <laughs> the, the main thing you should worry about in, in Mythic Plus. No, but yeah. it, it, that's the, when you play obliteration to get a shorter CD window. Mm, I go. mean, I guess. <laughs> big, big brain. You would probably get more value, honestly. Yeah. I mean, obliteration is going to be really good in keys with the four set, honestly. Even more so with gavel. It's gavel just so much damage in AOE. I played it uh, lots recently. I, uh, I'm a big fan. It's very fun to yeah. play. Absolutely. I even I got Rami coming back. Is Rami coming back? Yep. Yeah, he's going to be playing some obliteration. Nice. But yeah. I still think, like, in terms of, like, if you have the comp for it, I still think Breath pulls ahead and, like, in F yeah. Plus. I agree. For sure. Yeah. But you can, you uh, can pull around the two-minute burst windows. Yeah. Yep. Pull around the two-minute burst windows, chain pull while it's rolling just to uh, get the most out of it. And that's really what where Breath shines, when you can get those really long Breath windows hitting a lot of targets. But that has always been the uh, case, right? I mean, yes, but yeah. more so now. You get reduced cooldown on it. From the uh, yeah. you can get good cooldown on it from the affix, so you get a lot more cooldowns into the actual dungeon. Those get longer yep. breaths from the four set. That's true. If you do, yep. if you didn't know, the glacial advances you fire with the four set, they actually count as if they you spend runic power, so they can proc runic corruption. So the four runic set power, overall man. gives you a lot of runes back, which gives you longer breaths. So generally, yes. breath duration has gone up. Is that by design? Yes. I, yeah, I think it's by design, yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely by design. Uh, really uh, increased breast duration from like an average of 25 to 30 seconds to like 60 to 90 seconds. Mm. So you can get some insanely long breaths. Uh, if you get some good RNG, you can even start rolling breaths yeah. over to the next breath. Talking like, you know, three and a half, four minute breath windows. And already in AOE, you get more runic power from Frost Fever. Mm -hmm. So in Mythic Plus, 
I'm sure Moffin knows this much better, but you know, your breath durations are very long. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but also you like you're switching away from rage to biting cold, so you don't even need the extra breath duration most of the time. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. And then you're also feeding extra empower rune weapons from Ur into it too. So you can extend that even further, even without Rage of the Frozen Champion. Yeah. Well, it all I sounds mean, very nice. Great. But it is. There's no downside right now, I feel like, to it. Yeah. And, and I was going to ask. I mean, <laughs> well, I know Taze will point have out one downside. I know you have more. Yeah, go ahead, Taze. Yeah. Okay. One downside. You have to actually worry about the direction you're facing. That is true. Oh, oh yeah. no. You, it, it had to be something. <laughs> Come on! I had to. <laughs> I I have ninja pulled with it once. I will. I will admit. Really? Yeah, Not as bad as Frostwell. Wait, was bread or glacial advance? Glacial advance. Oh, okay. Wait, hey, yeah, I was doing the new Castle dungeon, and then uh, boss was walking. I didn't see it, and then I fire glacial advance, and then boss is pulled from glacial advance. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it can never be as bad as eight point three, right? With the with the what was it again? Uh, Frostwolves. No, that was yeah, fun. No, I like the Frost Whelps. Yeah, the Frost Whelps just was such a big noob, noob trap. Ninja pulls all the time because 40 yard frontal is just people don't expect it and they're just like, oh, pillar. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely didn't happen to me. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> don't worry. Pretty it sure I've seen a live on stream. <laughs> it happened to the best of us. I've done it too. That's fine. That's fine. I think we all have. <laughs> just, just looking at that. At, the vibe right now in regards to frost obviously it's all you know uh milk and honey for 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 the spec uh however i remember like in the the last podcast we we talked about frost um we touched upon a couple of issues that were but then and were more related to the the core of the spec um and this is why i've asked uh previously it's like okay it's it's very nice now with, with the tier set and the buffs to the Covenant Legendaries and whatnot, because no talent changes were made to, to the spec whatsoever, from what I recall. Um, are there still like issues that we can address with the spec? Now, just removing a bit, you know, the, the performance Frost has with the four set and, um, and double legendaries and, and so on and so forth. Can we still point out things that need to be addressed sooner or later with the spec? So it doesn't run up into like it, let's say quote unquote similar issues they had in 9.0 or 9.1 or stuff like that or is it strictly something that is fixable by external power and do we want that at the end of the day all the fucking time I mean ex- ex- external power to some degree enables something else right so For say sure. we, we, we I mean Sometimes they they try out external power and then they just end up making it baseline for stuff, right? Yeah, true. Yeah. So I think maybe it can go that direction. I don't know, but we're also really, especially with glacial advance firing from killing machine, it's very resource uh, overflooded. It is. It has a lot of resources. Yeah. Like sometimes you have like. You just when you get really lucky, you send your killing machines. You send your killing machine. You just keep getting two runes back. You're just perma sitting there, sparing obliteration like five, six times in a row, and it's just you're just overflooded with resources sometimes now. Me. Whereas before, sometimes you were just yeah, well, you didn't have any resources, so you're going from almost no resources to having too many now. 
just from a but, single tier set, it's massive. I think I definitely prefer having too much compared to too little. For sure. I, I agree we with you on that. Want, we do not want early BFA back. That was just... Uh, no. What, you don't like warming your hands mid pull? <laughs> that was <laughs> such a meme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, let's be fair, though. When borrowed power from Shadowlands is turned off, if there's no changes to Frost, Breath is going to feel pretty terrible. It's relied so heavily on stuff like Rage of the Frozen Champion, tier set, stuff like that, just to feed it resources. It does baseline need more resource generation, and I don't feel that should be coming in borrowed power. I feel like that's true across both DPS DK specs, to be mm -hmm. entirely honest. That they definitely need more uh, resources in their baseline, or potentially some resource costs reduced. Uh, I think that's going to be one of the major core issues that I hope that they focus on going into 10.0. Because uh, other than that, Frost has fairly few core issues. I mean, it's got too few buttons, no you know, AOE, runic power spender, stuff like that. Stuff that would just feel really good. Quality of life changes for the spec itself. But I don't see those as issues. Is more like they're, they're detrimental to the spec, but they're not game-breaking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely sorry. noticed it uh, in, uh, when we do Mage Tower, how lacking some specs are, like outside of the Boro power. Yeah. True. It's a bit of a... Uh... Two-edged sword because obviously you want spec to feel good without power power, but it also feels nice when you get borrowed power and it feels much better. So now when you get the four set, you're like, ah, oh, this feels awesome, you know, so much fun going into four set, you know, ah, obtain it, woo, right? And if you don't do that, then obviously there's less of a excitement when you get the borrowed power. So I think it's not as it's obviously nice if the spec feels better by default. But it's also nice when it feels better with borrowed power. Oh yeah, I mean, it can oh. feel good with like baseline, and then you can feel even better with borrowed power. That's, I think is, that's is the, the ideal spot. scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. Frost is pretty close to feeling all right. You know, baseline. Yeah. yeah well, to be honest, I mean, when I did the the Mage Tower as a level fifty trial character, it didn't feel that great. But <laughs> <laughs> no, but just, I mean, to, just to make it clear, better. we're not complaining, okay, about anything here, no. and, and we do agree. Tier set is a perfect way to do borrowed power, okay. So just to set the record I straight, because there's no complaints here. Mm. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I wanted I wanted to 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 kind of point out, uh, and you guys can uh, can correct me if I'm wrong. I think one of the best types of borrowed power, if I'm not misremembering this, is again, I'm coming back to the Frost Whelp Indignation uh, Azerite trait, where it shot the little little whelps that did damage and gave you like a big mastery buff, right? That's what it did. It didn't yeah. fundamentally change how it works. And well, if I recall, mastery in BFA was just more frost damage, right? It still yeah, is. It still is. Yeah. Uh, so it's not like more procs or more resources, it's just flat damage. So I feel like maybe they can do borrow power in that sense where they could buff the maybe the raw damage of something that maybe hasn't been played before and maybe raise it in the rotation priority list. Maybe, I don't know, make Frost Strike deal 500% more damage after a killing machine or whatever. So that just puts Frost Strike on the map instead of, like you guys said, uh, all of this borrow power that makes things work, like Breath having a resource funnel into it to... Well, I guess work maybe a little bit too much because it kind of works without it if you really want to be technical, but it just feels like it needs fuel. So borrow power maybe shouldn't be fuel, but rather uh, flip 
let's say a, a concept or a core mechanic on its head and it's like oh now you can play play it this way and i think uh, over the course of the last uh, year that we've uh, been talking to people most people that that kind of like tier sets is because of mainly that they kind of like change it a bit like this season we're playing like this right as opposed to oh this season we can finally play the spec which is right. kind of like the mindset that Maybe they're stuck with it in Shadowlands because they, you know, it's, you know, cut your cut your losses kind of thing. They don't really have maybe the manpower or the, the necessary justification to invest into fixing, let's say, issues. But seeing as surprisingly, I don't know how it is for you guys, with the nine po- uh, the season four coming and with so much, I did not expect them to put so much into season four, which is like a kind of like a half season thing. Um, I would expect, like, if they're going to keep the trend going, 10.0 to bring, like, a whole load of fat stuff coming in with, like, changes and stuff. I mean, I can only hope. And we've been talking, I think, ever since the first episode of Frost, how the talents are a little bit either stale or haven't changed in a while. And we can always talk about dead talents, like Muffin mentioned, uh, gathering, storm making the entire rope pretty much dead. So with all of this in mind... If you would see like a healthy, maybe not an ideal, but maybe a healthy transition of Frost from what we have now into 10.0, how would you envision that? With Considering that we're probably going to get another uh, bar of power in 10.0, hopefully maybe just one, maybe just a tier set or something. How would you see the transition going forward uh, to have Frost uh, yeah. like a healthy spec? I definitely agree with what you said there about bar power not affecting resources because they... They seem to love doing that with DKs generally. And uh, as you said, I think it's better if it's resource, you know, balanced by default. And then whatever you add on top of it increases damage in some bits and pieces. Maybe, I don't know, if the Mage Rage or the Frozen Champion baseline and add Glacial Advance baseline, that might fix the um, resources across all situations, but I'm not too sure. What do you guys think? I'm not sure how to fix the the resources overall, though. The resource situation is a really tough one. Uh, for Frost, it just needs a reason to spend runic power. And that reason to spend runic power also feeds it more runes. So I do feel like, say, baseline and glacial advance for an AoE runic power spender or making Frost Strike way more worthwhile to press instead of always just pressing Obliterate if you can. Would Bring back really Shattering Strikes. Back. Yeah, that would work too. Uh, but also giving us something else to press during breath, I feel, would be a very good change to see for the general rotation as well as the resource feel. So, I mean, when we're playing breath right now, we're just obliterate, 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 left. obliterate. <laughs> Pretty <left>. much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they just need to... I feel like... If they want to make it more healthy, they really should add something else just for, even if it's just during Breath of Syndragosa, you know, change the Frost uh, Strike button to something else during Breath, for example. Give us something else to press that, you know, we can spend one rune on instead of two that generates a little bit more runic power than if we were to press, say, like D&D. Pressing D&D in single target for Breath just feels a little bit strange, if you know what I mean. Right. I also feel like D and D as a whole should probably be included in Frost Kit instead of just it being there. Yes. 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 Um, uh, I, sorry. Sorry. Go on. Incorporating that would be really cool. Uh, just just to make yeah, a point. Was, 
just to make a point about Muff, what Muffin said, uh, I've been playing, uh, I've been picking up my DK right now, and because uh, a Night Phase looking to be really good, and I I dreaded playing Night Phase since day one of Alpha when I saw it, it's like, I'm not going to play my DK Night Phase, I'm not going to play my DK Night Phase, it's going to be Necro all the way, but I've been playing Night Phase, and aside the fairy stuff, which I don't vibe with at all, the functionality of Death, uh, what, what is it called, Death's Do now? That's yeah, I found that to be so much more interesting, like, nerf the damage if you have to. But having some something else happen, I feel like that that I feel so good to press that's uh, that's due. I get a little bit of strength right now as opposed to mm, I don't know outside of uh, it cleaving obliterate you would you would probably not play uh, press this in the can unless it just does some moderate AOE damage and what generates a little bit of runic power maybe. Um, but it feels so good. Do you guys see? that functionality being baked into Frost in 10.0, would it be a talent like how Unholy has the file? Or would it be, would it think if it's baseline, would it bro- break Death and Decay? Or how do you guys feel about that? Because I feel like that's maybe mechanically the, the, the one thing that I liked the most for Frost, this expansion. I haven't got my tier set yet, but the mechanical, the mechanical aspect of Death's Doom made pressing Death and Decay so much better for me. So this one's actually a relatively simple answer. The only thing that they have to do to make Death and Decay really cool for Frost is either make Obliterate Cleave during uh, Death and Decay, no matter what, doesn't have to be with Death's Do, or make Frost Strike Cleave. Frost Strike Cleave is an interesting one because then it gives Frost Strike a use in AoE and an AoE Runic Power Spender, even if it's only for, you know, Death and Decay windows. So it doesn't really conflict with Breath because you, you don't have to press death and decay during breath if you don't want to i think there could be lots more interesting things with death and decay for frost because now it's like they just added it and it just does so little yeah absolutely i I think they could also change it to shadow frost damage if you like they've forgotten this exists oh they're also going through covenant abilities right now in general it like i don't understand why they're all shadow damage and not shadow frost damage so everyone's benefits other than unholy I mean, that's the only thing that's been keeping Unholy afloat, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Uh, that actually sounds pretty cool because as a, as an average noob of Frost Decay, I've been constantly complaining about the uh, the AoE runic power issue because playing all of the specs, uh, rolling through all of the specs every patch, uh, there's, there's a consistency in his design and that is, you know, in AoE, you don't really have an identity outside of breath. I mean, sure, you can... Uh, press you can consume rhyme but that feels just lackluster like even if it did more damage it would feel just a little bit weird for that to be your aoe uh so actually your idea today sounds really cool not sure why they haven't included so far maybe because at uh, how it looked at the beginning when they did the unpruning and gave death and decay back to frost it kind of happened like most other specs where for instance, survival got a whole bunch of ranged abilities that it couldn't use without a bow or ranged weapon until they changed it. So it felt like they changed some, but not all. So it was kind of like, oh, they didn't have. It looked like they didn't have the time to cover all of them. And uh, as as a priority, maybe Frost wasn't on their radar. However, if we're gonna be talking about Death and Decay, I mean, go back to Warcraft Three, man, and even Warcraft Two. Death and Decay is such an iconic ability for a Death Knight. It should do more than just slap a red circle and it's like, oh, it happens. Some it does something for frost and a little bit more for, let's say, uh, unholy and, and blood. Yeah, and I mean, even if they don't want to make it cleave, they can just 
baseline defile for all specs and make it get mastery again. All as well. It, right. is, it is a relatively dead thing to press. Yeah. It, I mean, the only time Just you press it in single target is like if you're running breath, you have one rune and breath is going to take off the next tick if you don't drop something and you can't press Howling Blast for whatever reason. So you just drop a death decay. Like <laughs> the only time it's ever pressed in single target, it's kind of, yeah. Kind of sad. It's yeah. That, that kind of it, it really is. Well, I'm I'm hoping I'm I'm hoping uh, you know some some folks listen to to this because I think it's like very valuable ideas here and uh, on things moving forward. This is like what always scares me when when we have a spec that is this doing good and there's obviously obviously still a lot a lot to go for. It scares me when moving moving forward for new expansions exactly, and new yeah. seasons because um, as much as I, I like the concept of of bottle power, I feel for the longest time at least for a couple of two three expansions they kind of went too much on that and made specs too too heavily be dependent on the external power tier sets are good and i'm happy the tier set works so nice for for frosty cake i'm hoping just just retain this shit moving forward and you know as uh muffin mentioned earlier this did happen in the past you know start baking in some of the ideas um were there any any specific uh powers in torgas that look interesting for frost to be to have like to be like candidates for baking in the spec because I, I remember at some point they did say that Torghast will also serve as a testing ground for new shit potentially to be added within the spec I don't know if you guys ever saw some good well, when they made Torghast they obviously made it for Unholy and then you just kind of did shocked Frost in there there is nothing Frost specific alright fuck well <laughs> that, yeah. that goes that out the window <laughs> that is very there, true there is some cool things I think that they could do if they borrowed some powers from Torghast like um, the cold heart, you know, damage linking effect. Right. Dropping that into the base of the spec is, say, you know, part of cold heart, for example. Even though actually that conflicts directly with cold heart, never mind. But dropping into the talent tree in some place, maybe even where you know the hypothetic presence is right now, it, <laughs> that could be really cool for AOE because then you are splitting damage amongst everything, no matter what you're pressing. So gives you a reason to press stuff like you know frost strike, even. In AOE scenarios. Wait, do you mean the really Chains of cool. Anguish power? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So you Chains of Ice multiple enemies and then they just share damage. It's it's that simple. Like, they, they do that and you can just Chains of Ice a bunch of things and start slapping them. That would be cool. I think the concept of the Chains fantasy in, in, in WoW lore mostly caters to, like, Frost-type things, Frost-type magic. If you ever had a Chains fantasy spell it would probably be a frost themed so i I can definitely see that happening i don't know if it's blood because it kind of looks like it could be blood when i did my dk in torcast but that would be that would be interesting i thought you meant the chains of ice uh hits another target thing i don't know if that would work with call hardwood that would make the talent op on that role that would also that could be interesting actually like make cold heart or like chains of ice hit up to like i don't know five more targets or something when you press it like around it it would be really Absolutely. I just had a really cool idea too when I was talking about that while you were talking. Uh, That actually, if they were to baseline that one I had mentioned, uh, the one where, you know, chains of ice targets share damage, there's a really cool effect in there. That means Frost actually can do some spread cleave. 
That could 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 they put that as a as a talent on the Breath of Sinergosa or as an alternative? Because I can see that scaling stupidly with breath, right? Because if you have like four targets chained together and you breath, it, the breath overall damage is m multiplied by four or something, right? The overall output. Yeah, the, on the it, uh, coefficient, right? How much percentage yeah. of damage is shared? Oh, okay. Yeah. So they, they could tune it that way. Hmm. Go ahead. You also need to make sure that it's going to be a pure AOE talent, right? So that needs to be taken into consideration. So maybe yeah, you know, I mean, instead of Gadry Storm, you could have Chains of Anguish, whatever. I was a bit worried because there's lots of GCDs required to set this up. So I'm not 100% sure it's going to yeah. play out all right. I know in when you get the power, you just go walk around and press. But that's what I said, right? Wasn't there like early, early on, I can't remember if it's still there, where if you press Chains of Ice, it would also go on nearby targets, right? Yeah. Yeah, you so, you would have those, like, so you would have those work together. Yeah, like 30 second cooldown, you know, put up out, change of ice and everything, things like that. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. change of ice is still going to cost you a rune. So, I mean, I think it's fine to have it, say, be like a three target thing where any of those three targets now shares damage. It would be just cool to have in the base of the spec, honestly. I think that's a really yeah. good talented idea, honestly, to just swipe from Torghast. Really nice. I like I like when ideas are getting flown around and stuff. It's, it's, but it's juicy. I'm thinking about it. Just just dreaming about. It. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the not not necessarily like to to nitpick. Okay, oh, Frost has this issue or this issue or whatever. But you know, we were trying to like maintain a balance on through everything. Main idea is Frost is in a very good spot right now. Um, I, I would I would like. I'm kind of tempted to to ask you guys. Because this is a, um, I would say a, a community perception uh, thing, which is um, more skill cap, frost or unholy. Biceps, you're not allowed to answer. <laughs> biceps, biceps, <laughs> is biased sips. Biased right, Muffin, you go first. I'll, I'll answer what you think. Then I do think that mechanically speaking, if we look at every option available for the specs. Frost does have the more difficult playstyle. But if we're looking at the most commonly played builds, I think Unholy is a little bit more... It takes a little bit more skill for Unholy, but it's not physical skill, it's more mental skill. You need to... For Unholy, it's a very knowledge-based spec. So you need to understand a bunch of stuff in order to really take advantage of everything. Well, Frost is kind of like press Frost Strike, press, you know, Obliterate, do big damage. That's pretty much the standard rotation for it. But when we're talking about high skill caps, if we look at obliteration right now, like I'd mentioned earlier, uh, when you have all of your haste effects rolling, you just have an absurd amount of haste and your reaction times need to be just instant. If you can't do that, you're just going to ruin your DPS. So right. I do think that if we're looking at pure skill ceilings, obliteration is going to take the crown there. Thoughts on this, Biceps? So I think uh, when it comes to Unholy, it's all about planning. Because you have uh, cooldowns, which have cooldown reduction effect. And that can mess up, mess things up in specific fights, whatever. So a huge part about playing Unholy well is, you know, sitting down after you play the fight a couple of times, going like, okay, I'm going to use this cooldown here and then there and then there and then plan out in advance. And if you do that, it's going to be much, much easier. Other than that, the base rotations are similar, I'd say. For Frost, it's much more reactive because you need to, you know, in your obliteration window, if you get a killing machine proc, you want to hit obliterate instead of generating a new one. 
that's obviously a, a kind of skill thing. But overall, I would say they are similar. The fair and diplomatic response, I would say. <laughs> was, was, I was expecting this. From biased steps, it's a fair diplomatic <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think, Muffin? Uh, you, you thought about it a lot. Do, do you share the, I, the talk? I, I think you I thought about it. Played in, uh, played in, I, I played in Castle. That's all I played on only. <laughs> a little bit in Sanctum, but I think, as you've mentioned, um, I think on Holy, like it, it takes skill in different departments, right? Because on Holy is really all about the planning and execution. It's very methodical. You don't really rely too much on procs in that sense, where Frost is very reactive in a in a, in a gameplay sense, with like, oh, now you've got a new rune from Frost Striking. What do you do then? It's like uh, it's like you plan uh, on holy, like you plan out your like your stuff, and then in, as frost, it's like oh, uh, now you got uh, three procs back to back. What do you do? Right. Whereas like I think they just require skills in different departments, but they're still. I still think they can be close in like skill skill difference of what it requires to play. Yeah. And whole it's all about planning because you also have much less resources, which means that there's much more room to sit around and do nothing. You can warm yeah. your hands again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, you know, there's an attack coming up. You might want to sit on some runes to make sure you leverage the definite cake cleave properly. And it's not that very stressful. If you sit around and do nothing for three seconds, it's not like you can overcap later because we are just about, you know, with Deadliest Call, we are in a resource equilibrium. Without Deadliest Call, we are resource starved. So that gives you more room in your rotation to kind of, you know, do nothing and plan it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. This just goes to show that, you know, uh, it's a good thing, actually, because Unholy plays in a way and has different uh, mindset to it and frosts differently. It reminds me uh, to uh, some similar argument we had with uh, Arms and Fury, right? Uh, that was one exactly is, what I was one, thinking yeah, about. Yeah, uh, one, one is more methodical, one is more reactive, you know, fluid and stuff. And I think that... that, that it's that's, nice when they can uh, touch yeah, uh, these they, bounces. They delivered on that. So, But yeah, the, the community perception was always, oh my God, you know, the, the gods play unholy while Frost is like, you know, well, uh, we just wanted to shatter that a little bit and actually get, get to a point where we either consider them very similar in terms of like skill cap or depending on you know the the boss the dungeon the the affix the group that there's a lot of depends on their spell plus the playstyle differences may contribute to uh, in a major way to how much skill is required to be performing well on uh, uh, each of these specs i think um, it's uh it also changed over the years because it depends on who you ask if you've played any of the dk specs before legion i think it was a whole different world uh, back yeah. then, well, you know, community perception has been built up in years <coughs> and stuff. See, I still get 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 shit on you. You know, Red Paladin is a two button spec. <laughs> really, dude, you do want my opener sequence? Uh, regardless, it's it's it, it's all it's always something that we kind of want to address within this podcast. You know, to to like get get it out of the way uh, mm. for people who are interested because bo- both of these specs are you know uh, fun in their own way. Granted, Frost once again is doing very nice, and I would say about time. Yeah, it's it's it deserved its uh, spot in the spotlight. Um, spot in the spotlight. A spot in the spotlight. I, I am a poet. Um, I did want uh, just uh, we're kind of reaching the one hour mark, and I did want to touch this uh, topic. Hopefully, uh, you guys have some maybe expectations since we've known or we, we've been announced that nine point four is coming. And uh, although we don't know all the of the details, is 9.4? oh Jesus, even four man, season four. Oh, right. That's what I mean, season four. 
um, <laughs> has been announced. And although we don't know all of the details yet, we know that uh, our dungeon pool is going to increase. And uh, I would like to know what Muffin thinks about that as a M plus aficionado. But also the raids being brought back uh, into, from what I can only say, relevancy. I, we don't know what that means. Will the eye levels of the loot be raised to equivalent sepulcher? And if the that's loot. the case... The loot will be very interesting. Yeah, th that's exactly what I mean. Like, how do you guys see, first of all, Oh, I don't. I don't think it's fair to take a look at the dungeons and think about loot from Wad and Legion and uh, BFA because it's a little bit too much. But uh, if we're gonna look, we look at the loot. Let's say raid loot. How do you f and how the uh, Frost will perform in those raids, considering that now it has what it has. Going back into let's say Nathria when it didn't have all of the buffs and the good thing going for it that it has now. How do you guys see Frost going into season four? Would it would it, like smash it all of the park? Would it get some like cool items that could have been that weren't great at the time, but maybe are amazing now? Stuff like that. What do you guys feel about Frost going into season four? So I've already thought about this uh, way more than I care to admit. Uh, like I've already started considering like all the dungeon loot. I've already started considering all the raid loot, all the potential combinations, and I'm actually a bit sad. Honest, there's there's a lot of really cool things from these older raids. But a lot of it replaces the cooler stuff that we we just got. So if we look at like 9.2, we got the Jailer, or not the Jailer, the Anduin ring for DKs. As soon as we consider, you know, Mechagon Mythic Plus, those rings, those are going to trounce that DK ring. Not, it doesn't even stand a chance. Yeah, so, the haste proc, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it makes me a bit sad because stuff like that's going to, you know, supersede it. Uh, and while we're not getting everything from, say, BFA, you know, it's only the you know, Mega Dungeon, so I think it's Mechagon and Karazhan, if I remember. Yeah, Karazhan from Legion. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So when we're looking at those two, like, nothing from Karazhan really stands out. It was pretty boring dungeon, honestly, loot-wise. Uh, Mechagon, you have some really cool stuff. The rings in particular just going to be amazing. Uh, and then when it comes to the raids, oh, there's... So many cool things that uh, could be considered. But one thing that I hope they absolutely do not do, do not allow domination shards to work if they raise the Oh, God, right. I didn't oh, think fuck. about that. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, no. Pull out the shotguns. Imagine, try imagine trying to build a gear set with domination shards, two legendaries, your tier set, you, you know, special items like those Mechagon rings. It, it would be just... No, nah, they're probably, nightmare. I imagine, because the conflict's already with the tier set Yeah, spots. it would be overkill, I, I feel. Like they get, get that plus... No, it would be... I mean, yeah. I, I would so. see the equivalent chess pieces from Nathria and uh, Sanctum being the, the same variations of the tier set. So this, the tier set piece is just on a different-looking item with maybe different stats, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I definitely want to see them do that. Like, say adjust the gear to be more suited to the current tier rather than just copy paste because stuff like you know dom shards being a thing while tier sets are also a thing creates just a major issue uh i just really hope that they don't don't, uh, don't go that route because like i said it, it, thinking about it it's made me more sad than excited <laughs> because of things like this i don't think they're gonna bring back domination shards wouldn't make sense no i don't think I it would I also, do you think actually, would there actually be any classes that would be stronger with domination shards than their tier set? Unholy, potentially. 
Oh, that's sad. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, but this is fun. All right. It is. It is. It is fun. It is. It is. Biceps defending his own right there. <laughs> no, no. We, we, have, we have an hour-long podcast about you know how much fun is unholy. So it, it, it's a, you can you can can check it on on the, the the Spotify or the YouTube. Now I don't think domination shots would make sense in in, in any way. Yeah, uh, but there there are you know questions regarding you know Taze uh, mentioned the the rings. You know, there's also so a couple of nice trinkets uh, that could come out of out of these places as well. Um, that could potentially compete. Um, I know the old Warrior Soul would be a very good one, and it's still good now for a lot of the. Oh know, yeah, I still uh, have mine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah me too. You. Me too. So, um, if I'm ever going to replace everybody it, everybody has it. <laughs> so, yeah, honestly, if they up the Warrior strong. Soul item level, yeah, it's just there's no competition. That's just going to win. Yeah, you'd have you know your IQD, your old Warrior Soul, and you'd just be happy camper. For sure. For sure. I mean. It's competing with 278 trinkets at the moment, right? So yep, yep. This, exactly. This is the thing. It's it's definitely going to be a a curious experiment to see how you know older gear will will impact you know some specific specs and how what the the, the whole gearing meta will will change with uh, season four. Definitely looking I, forward to it. I foresee corruption levels of craziness. <laughs> well, can we bring back some BFA race? I want my hands up trinket. <laughs> that would be, be nice. Yes, yes, yes. I think, but I think this is like only the beginning. I think this is like testing grounds for them because if yeah. they're gonna push this to season more, more and more season moving into 10.0 and stuff, it could mean you know more stuff being added. But at that point, I believe they would need a separate team to balance out a lot of this shit because, oh my god, can so, you imagine corruption gear? Oh <laughs> Jesus Christ! With tier set and the dominations. <laughs> shards or, oh. or 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 those do you remember those those uh what was it the crucible of storms kiss curse things and oh what was it 8.2.5 or 8.1.5 8.15 i think uh, it was yeah so yeah those could also be very tricky and powerful as well we'll we'll see but definitely a good thought experiment for for the future which is not yeah, that far ahead yeah there's cool. a lot of cool things that they could do with it but it also becomes very dangerous if they up the item levels again yeah yeah that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying they're gonna have a team to address that or all hells all hell break, breaks loose i think well, it's nice been though, been like end of expansion mm. end of expansion you can play around with it have a little bit oh, yeah. of fun it yeah. doesn't matter too much there's no for race sure. the world first there's nothing like on the line i think it's great for them to experiment with us and give us some more content mm-hmm. when otherwise there's usually a content Oh, yeah. Drawed. Drawed. Yeah. They, they kind of always, always done this at, mm. at the end of the expansion. Just go, well, things started going all up crazy, which is fine. Yes. Totally agree. Uh, best best time. Breath of fresh air, for sure. Yeah. And Breath of Cinder mm. so fresh air. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I, I don't know. Have we exhausted all the topics? Or, or do you boys want uh, anything to, to be put on the table? Or do we not address anything? I think I feel good. Kind of bring back Warfiend's grasp. Yes. Oh, I mean, just baseline of bombs limb. Oh, then, then, either either works. Poor blood yeah. in case they cannot catch a break. <laughs> but that makes sense though. <laughs> Abomination limb baseline. Look, it's such a DK ability. I, I cannot even front. Yeah, it's I love like, it. It's so like, dead knight. It, that was a great so, ability. That was so dangerous to be added into the game because you know people will want it all the time. Yeah, and I can almost guarantee it's going to go into the base of the spec. Like, I, I can't speak for Blizzard, but there's no way the design of ability ingrain it so much into uh, Death Knights and then just delete it. There's no way. Some, so I, I mean, Death's due. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get our shackle the unworthy. <laughs> what the fuck is that shit? <laughs> exactly. Hey, Mac, what is that? <laughs> but yeah, like I, I can't see them not baselining Abominations Limit ten point So I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about that. We're, we're gonna have a mass grip. Like, Confirmed. You heard it here, folks. Twenty twenty two. Taze. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if maybe. I mean, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I'd put a lot of money on this being right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, may, maybe not the same name or some sort of variation, but definitely has to be like ninety percent that that stuff because it's it's like it, it's there. It feels like they designed it for DK specifically, and that should be there naturally. So it, it makes sense more than most of the other covenant abilities I've saw. Slappy right? hands for the women. Yeah, it's so 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 DK. All right. Well, I think we've we've reached our our peak here with the one hour mark. Uh, it's been a great great conversation. Uh, would you I would say, say it was a cool conversation? <laughs> yeah, man. I got, you know, I got chills when I was thinking about it. <laughs> it was not, nah, but seriously, it was more in a positive note because it is a spec that is doing great. And once again, it, it, it's it's Frost Champ to Shad and, uh, you know, both Mythic Plus and, and Raids is doing great. Um, thank you, boys, for joining once again and, you know, sharing your thoughts and opinions on, on, on everything Frost. Uh, we shall uh, move uh, with... A brand new episode when things are relevant to be discussed. I mean, you know, Frost or Unholy, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll see. But so far, so good. And uh, once again, I cannot stress this out enough. If you are listening to this on Spotify, uh, go to the YouTube channel, Bocast, youtube.com slash Bocast, and check the description there for this one. You can see uh, Taze's new Twitch uh, over there, uh, as well as uh, Biceps Twitch and YouTube and Muffin's Twitch and YouTube channel as well. Muffin has been uh, recently started posting runs on his YouTube. Uh, definitely check it out. You can learn something or just be entertained because it is fun to see that that Omega damage. Damn, 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 big damn. Uh, thank you guys for coming in today for the episode and uh, hope to see you soon. Bye-bye. Awkward yeah. wave, awkward Bye. wave. That's good. I wave with my head. <laughs> I've been loving it then, I still love it now. Still, I play wild. Still, I play wild. Getting better every day, let me show you how. Cause still, I play wild. Still, I play wild. It's getting harder to stay, but at the end of the day, it's a guilty pleasure, so just log in and play. Whether it's classical retail, I'ma do a slash bow. Still, I play wild.